Good morning. Today is the second day of the month of Tevet, 5783, corresponding to Monday, December 26, 2022. Today is the eighth day of Hanukkah, and we are going to continue with the discussion about the importance of the studying of the Torah that the Alter Rebbe presents. We are in chapter 5. We are looking at the readings from the weekend, from the 30th of Kislev and the 1st of Tevet. So he has been establishing for us the concept that the study of Torah is our primary way of connecting to God, for it is within the Torah that God's essence has been distilled to this world. So chapter 5 now continues with the question of why is Torah actually superior to any of these other commandments that we have? Why do we have a concept that we recite every morning in the blessings of the Torah based on the Gemara in Shabbat, the Talmud Torah, the study of Torah is Keneged Kulam, is opposite of every other mitzvah. It is the equal to all the others combined. What does this mean and how do we understand this from a, ver- from a deeper standpoint? So, the Alter Rebbe begins by establishing for us an idea that's a little bit complicated, I think. I'm going to try to explain it, and that's why, again, why I'm doing these talks in general, these musings, is to try to understand these difficult concepts in a way that I can grapple with them, and hopefully you will grapple with them as well. And he points out that through the study of Torah, our intellect embraces God, and God then somehow embraces us. So it's a reciprocal relationship. What does this actually mean? How does this actually work? So we have to look at it in the following way. Our minds are an object, and that which we study is the subject. So the object, the mind, when studying something, when studying a topic, is engaging with this subject. And it's grasping at it, and it's holding on to it and it's exploring it and the subject gets enmeshed within or enclosed within as the mind goes deeper and deeper. We saw this with wisdom, intellect, and understanding. When we get to that place of understanding, we've actually encapsulated this topic, this idea, into our minds. So this object has taken the subject. But if we actually take it the opposite way, a topic A subject is actually surrounding our mind in that it's all-encompassing us. When we get into a deep state of thinking about something, nothing gets in the way. Nothing can overcome it. And so the subject becomes the object, and the object becomes the subject. It It actually flips back and forth. The intellect is closed within the subject at the same time that the intellect, that the subject is enclosed within the mind. If this is the case, in, in a way, that's what God is doing with us as well. For if the mind is enclosing, is encapsulating God, because God is the subject of this Torah study, and then God is enwrapping himself around our mind, because this Torah study enwraps itself around our mind, it's a reciprocal kind of relationship. Um, the way he expresses this is actually through the study of halacha, study of Jewish law. And what he presents is the following. He tries to explain, I think, 
very well, in fact. Why do we study case studies that may or may not be practical? Why the theoretical? If A does something to B and B does something back to A, this is what the decision should be. But that may never happen. We don't know how any particular case is going to play out. And so he says as follows. I'm going to read some of this English. It arose in his will that, for example, Ruvain would claim thus and Shimon thus. Such and such should be the verdict between them. Even if never did, nor ever will come to pass, the litigation occur over these arguments and claims. Right? So we are engaging with these mental gymnastics, if you will, because what we're really engaging with is not the mental gymnastics, but it's the mind of God, right? It's the infinite possibilities. It's sort of the quantum idea that there can be multiplicity of situations, not all which will ever come true, but which allows us to engage this infinite being, or at least touch the glimmer of this infinite being that we've been describing as uh, up to now, that the Torah is this distilled light of God, and somehow that we get to touch just the tip, if you will. So, if we consider what this means practically, in this deeper meditative spiritual place, what we are coming, what we must come to conclude is that our study is getting enclosed in our mind and then subsequently encloses our mind with the Torah, which is also God. Okay. So spiritually speaking, for the Alter Rebbe, study is a primary place of spiritual growth. It's not the prayer. It's not the meditation, though. I think that when we consider what he means by study, we do have to consider the deep possibility of this being mindfulness and meditation, using some of the modern parlance. But clearly, we can see that there's something higher in the study versus in other actions. And that's what he continues with. He continues to explore why the study of Torah is Kineget Kulam, is greater than. And he goes into a discourse about how both mitzvot and study mitzvah being the things that we do with our action and our speech, and study, of course, being the things that we do with our thought, through them, God closed the soul and envelops it. And, in the study of Torah, God is enwrapped within it. So unlike the actions that we take, or the speech that we make, in which God is enclosing our soul because of the mitzvah we do, the positive things that we do, the study of Torah is a deeper thing because of the reciprocal relationship that he establishes at the beginning of chapter 5. <clears throat> or, just to quote you from page 96, the notes in Lessons of Tanya, Torah study has the additional effect of filling the soul with the light of divine wisdom contained in the Torah that the soul grasps and encompasses. One final point from the chapter itself is what is the ideal kind of Torah study? Well, the Zohar points out and the Talmud points out before that, he quotes from the Zohar here, that Torah is the food of the soul. 
And specifically for the soul when it enters paradise. And this Torah is the Torah that is done for its own sake. What does it mean that its own sake? It studies the intent of binding oneself to God. So the altar, the Rabbi Nachman Shnirsen, according to the footnote here, observed that the altar Rebbe uses, the, has to define the word lishma, this word for its own sake, because we could assume that we're studying Torah so we have the food to sustain us in the world to come. When in reality, what he's trying to say is that the meaning is that we study it as a way to bound ourselves to God, bind ourselves to God, or if you will, um, that its ultimate purpose is this relationship, and that calling the Torah the food of the soul and the mitzvot, the bread of the soul, these are, again, these are um, words that we have to use to describe the values of them but they are not the ultimate definition of why we should be doing either one. Both are to be done as a connection to the divine. And of course, the study allows us then to connect and be connected to the divine. So I want to offer a thought outside of this book based on this concept in this chapter about the importance of study. I think I've hinted to it a little bit. I think when we look at spiritual growth, we see different modes and models. Meditation, mindfulness, long prayer, acts of deeds, acts of good deeds, acts of kindness. And there is a place for the intellectual growth as well, if that intellectual growth comes from a place of connection. What's interesting for the Alter Rebbe and actually for a lot of Hasidic thought is that what you could surmise from here, though I think he tries to get around it, is that the notion of the importance of study is not what you know. It's the action that you take. Ironically enough, even though it, action is a different category, it's the actions. But for the Alter Rebbe himself, it's not merely the action of study. It's the deepness of that study. It's the grasping of the details. It's the going through it step by step. It's the exploration. Whereas for other Hasidic thinkers in the early period of the Hasidic movement, and I've mentioned this in a previous podcast as well, it's the dafyomi. It's the doing it, and it's the doing it day in and day out, regardless of how much you actually grasp. Or, if you will, it's the celebration of the of the guy who learned the same page over and over and over again, never learning anything else. But he did the same thing over and over and over again. And through that study of that one page, he got to a very deep, holy, spiritual place. And yet, for the Alter Rebbe, we can see that there are gradations as to the importance of this Torah Lishma, this Torah for its own sake, this study. So, as we conclude chapter 5, we can see and continue to see that he's building us to a place, one of the places he's building us to, towards is this deeper understanding of how the intellect plays out in our relationship to God, somewhat similar to some of the medieval concepts, such as Maimonides and Yehuda Levi's active intellect. Maimonides is also the idea that the true connection to God 
when he talks about um, having human divine intervention, the higher your intellect, the higher the connection it is to God. The Alter Rebbe seems to be continuing on that same strand, probably using different modes given the, the centuries apart. But we can see a common thread between all of them. So with that, one more time, I want to wish you all a Freilich and Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah, and may the light of Hanukkah shine through in the rest of our year as we come day to day, go day to day together in our journey through this very deep and esoteric book, Natanya.